I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Up next, The Truth with Lisa Booth, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. A recent study from John Hopkins University. Let me just okay. A recent study from John Hopkins University found that lockdowns only reduce deaths by 0.2 percent. That's around 1,800 people. Now that pales in comparison with the amount of people who took their own lives during lockdowns, who overdosed during lockdowns, the people who lost their livelihoods. The amount of people who died because of delayed cancer screening or potentially could die because of things like that coming to a halt. And one man, one man behind all of these failed policies, one man has done more harm to society throughout COVID than anyone else. And that's Dr. Anthony Fauci. He was the driving force behind these cruel, cruel, cruel policies that did so much to harm our society, that caused so much devastation and death, so much harm. This is also a man who tried to attack people who raised questions about his lockdown policies. This is a man who tried to smear anyone who was asking questions about the origins of the coronavirus. And, and you ask yourself now, why would a man like this do this, do that? Why did he do all that? Why, why, did he, why did he have such an effort to smear dissenting opinions, to try to form this fake consensus groupthink? We're going to get to the bottom of it with Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky. Senator Rand Paul, as you all have seen, has held Dr. Fauci's feet to the fire. We've, we've, seen, him, we've seen him go after him with tough line of questioning 
during Senate hearings. This is a man who has been relentless in trying to get to the truth of gain of function of the or- origins of the coronavirus, and also why Fauci has pushed such failed policies. I, I mean, listen to this one exchange. It was an email of Dr. Collins to me. If you look at the email that you responded to and hurried up and said, I can do it, I can do it. We got something in Wired no, magazine. No, no, no. I think in you usual did. fashion, Senator, you are distorting everything about me. Did you First ever object all, to Dr. Collins's characterization of them as fringe? Did you write back to Dr. Collins and say, no, they're not fringe, they're esteemed scientists, and it would be beneath me I, I did to not do that. Be, you responded to him that you would do it, and you immediately got an article in Wired, and you sent it back to him and said, hey, look, I've got them. I nailed them in Wired of all scientific publications. That's not publications. what went on. You there you go again. That you just do the same thing every hearing. That was your response. And so, this, wasn't, so, this wasn't the only time. So your desire to take you're down absolutely people. absolutely incorrect. As usual, Senator, you no. are incorrect almost everything you well, said. Well, no, you deny, you deny, right. but the emails tell the truth of this. No. This wasn't the only time. Your desire to take down those who disagree with you didn't stop with Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. You conspired with Peter Daszak, who you communicated with privately, and other members of the scientific community that wrote opinion pieces for Nature, Five of them signed a, a paper for Nature, an opinion piece. Seventeen signed a paper that called it conspiracy theory, the idea that the virus could have originated in the lab. Do you think words like conspiracy theory should be in a scientific paper? We're going to expose Dr. Fauci on this week's episode of The Truth with Lisa Booth with Senator Rand Paul. Buckle up. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play. There's a lot happening these days. 
but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. So Senator Rand Paul, you have been absolutely relentless in getting to the bottom of lockdowns, origins of the coronavirus, holding Dr. Fauci's feet to the fire. So you saw, sir, there's a recent study by John Hopkins University that found that lockdowns only reduce deaths by 0.2%, around 1,800 people. That doesn't even come near the amount of people who died from suicides, overdoses, delayed cancer care as a result of Dr. Fauci's lockdown policies, the economic devastation as well. Yet he has previously said the pandemic restrictions saved millions of lives. What kind of accountability should people like Dr. Fauci face for destroying so many lives and livelihoods in America? Well, this John Topkins study is a uh, very complex study it compiles together a sort of a meta-analysis they bring together dozens of other studies and to get larger numbers to make it more statistically significant and basically they didn't find that the lockdowns did much of anything point two basically is barely measurable and probably not statistically significant people like dr fauci say well the modeling says we were going to have two million die and we've only had a million die So it's based on this idea that was uh, extravagant modeling early on, people saying two million would die. Bottom line is nobody knows that. We do know, though, that mitigating things, standing six feet apart, putting plexiglass around you, wearing a mask, when these mandates were, in fact, enforced, if you looked at the trajectory of the virus, the virus keeps rising. So when almost all the mandates were put in place, the incidence of the virus how often people got it actually increased after the mandate. So there's no real correlation. You don't see like a mask mandate and all of a sudden there's no disease. In fact, you see sort of the opposite in Florida. About half the counties went along with DeSantis and about other half of the counties didn't. And so you had a pretty good study there of wearing a mask or not wearing a mask in school. And the incidence of the disease was about the same. You also have Sweden, where they didn't wear masks at all. The schools have not worn masks at all. No children have died out of 1.8 million. And really, the incidence of the disease among the teachers was not increased either. So I think most of the things Fauci said have been incorrect. But the danger is this. If you centralize planning, whether it's your economy or medical information or medical dictates, what happens is if one person makes those decisions like Fauci, and if he's wrong as much as someone like Fauci has been wrong, the whole country suffers. So we really need to decentralize the decision-making and really make most of what government does be advice, not dictates. And I think that's the point. And, and, and that that's what's so disturbing is that we've seen people like Dr. Fauci and Anthony Collins collude to try to bring down the Great Barrington uh, signers, people who are raising questions about lockdown, to smear people who raise questions about the origins of the coronavirus. So, of course, you have a consensus when you're destroying dissent, right? You know, talk about Dr. Fauci's efforts to smear those who disagreed with him. Well, the Great Barrington Declaration was put together predominantly by three different uh, epidemiologists with really long and esteemed careers. 
You had uh, Dr. Bhattacharya from Stanford, uh, Dr. Kaldorf from Harvard, and a Dr. Gupta from Oxford. Together, they've probably got 60 years worth of academia, dozens and dozens of peer-reviewed papers published in journals. They are esteemed epidemiologists. And it, it's, it's sort of grotesque that you see an email from Francis Collins to Anthony Fauci saying, let's take them down, let's take them down, let's publish anything we can to take them down as fringe epidemiologists. And you say, well, what were they proposing? You know, was it really a radical idea? The proposal was this, that because the disease is so profoundly different in children than it is in the elderly, and that the death rate for children is almost non-existent and is maybe a thousand times greater for someone 80 years old, that we wouldn't treat them the same, that we should really target and try to have more efforts, more uh, done to try to slow down the spread for the elderly and those who live in group homes. I mean, it's, it's eminently reasonable what they're proposing. And yet Fauci and Collins go back and forth, and then Fauci very proudly says, yeah, we got him. Here's a copy of The Nation. Well, The Nation is a progressive rag. It's not at all anything that's a scientific journal. And then the other one was from Wired magazine. Once again, I don't know how you characterize their politics, but it's not a scientific journal. So this is what Anthony Fauci's doing. He's the lead scientist, America's doctor. He's going into the progressive nation and wired, not a scientific journal, and, and putting op-ed pieces in there, slamming these doctors. And they mischaracterized it, and they would, what they did is, and this is what they did in every press conference. This isn't scientific. They would call it, let it rip. These doctors want to let it rip. They just want everybody to get the virus so we can be done with this. And it's really the opposite. See, I've had this trouble with the left-wing media, a bunch of these snot-nosed kids in the Washington press corps up here. They come and they say, oh, you just want people, you're for herd immunity. And it's like, no, I'm not. Herd immunity is like gravity. It's just a sort of a fact that eventually happens one way or another. I'm not for it, but I am for acknowledging if you've had the disease that you have a great deal of protection from immunity. And that's what we found out recently. If you've been infected previously with the disease, you're 55 times less likely to be in the hospital than someone who hasn't been infected and hasn't been vaccinated. But why do you think, I mean, I guess the question is always why, right? Why did they go, why did he go through these efforts to smear people who opposed lockdowns? Why Why did they go through these efforts to smear people talking about and trying to get to the bottom of the, the coronavirus, the origins? You know, why? What's the why behind that? I think some of it's ego. I mean, if you see Fauci in his own little personal home office, he's staring at his, his portrait, his painted portrait most of the day. So, I mean, it's this arrogance that comes from power, but it's also just the mistake of centralizing power. I've said often that if Dr. Fauci were simply a family doctor in Peoria, he wouldn't be so dangerous because patients could choose to go to see him or to leave him. He's dangerous because of the centralization of his authority. And you have universities. Look, universities that should know better, Yale and Princeton, University of Chicago, they're supposed to be elite schools. And they're telling young males to get a third vaccine when all of the scientific studies show that your chance of myocarditis goes up with each dose and that it is significant and maybe as much as 10 to 15 times greater incidence of myocarditis in young males than uh, not getting vaccinated. So there's a big danger for a disease that's not deadly. And for even if you said, even if you concluded, let's vaccinate these young men, 
wouldn't you first ask whether they've already had COVID? If they've already had COVID, there's absolutely no signs to vaccinating them. Well, and that's why I'm not getting the vaccine, which, you know, I've I've made really clear to the public because I'm young and healthy and then now I have natural immunity. So there's literally no point. Um, But but is it also culpability with Dr. Fauci? I, I mean, in layman's terms, can you explain to the audience what gain of function is and then the role that Fauci played in that particular kind of research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology? So gain of function is when you take a virus that has a known death rate or mortality and you combine it with another unknown virus. So what they would do is there was a virus called SARS and the SARS is a coronavirus that caused an acute respiratory syndrome back in 2004. We know it had about a 15% mortality, but it was not very transmissible. So deadly but not very transmissible. So what they do is they take the S protein, the genes for the S protein, that's where you create the vaccine for that protein. They go into a bat cave, scoop up a bunch of guano, they separate out a virus, they take the S protein gene from this unknown virus, and they stick it on the SARS virus. They combine two viruses, one of them unknown, one of them known, and then they monkey around and experiment with infecting human cells. And the thing is, is that sometimes it becomes more deadly. They find out it's more transmissible. And think about it this way. That that virus was 15% mortality, but not very transmissible. What if you change a virus, you create a new virus that still has the mortality, but now is incredibly transmissible? Nature usually works the opposite way. Omicron's more transmissible, but less deadly. There was another coronavirus from 2004, 2008, called MERS, M-E-R-S, it had 50% mortality. It is a death wish for the world to take a virus with 50% mortality and mix it with an unknown virus from some bat guano in a cave in southern China. It's a death wish. And it's not just me saying this. There was a a famous scientist from MIT wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post saying that we are gambling with civilization to be creating these kind of viruses these Frankenstein viruses. And so, you know, this is very, very dangerous. Fauci's always been in favor of it. He funded that research in China until he got caught. And then he said, oh, it's not really gain of function. Then he changed the definition of gain of function on the website. And then he still continues to fund this kind of research in America. So some of this was sloppiness on the Chinese part, probably unintentional. But it's still being funded in our country, and we're more careful here, and I don't think our scientists would want to release it on purpose, so I don't think that is true. But I worry that an accident could happen. Someone could infect him, he goes home, he coughs and sneezes, his wife has it, she goes out and gives it to other people, so we've got a pandemic from a virus that does not exist in nature. We absolutely shouldn't be funding this with taxpayer money. But I guess the question is, did the coronavirus come from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Never know with 100% certainty unless they admit it. Um, what they have published are viruses that Dr. Fauci will say, well, that virus is too much different, genetically too different to be COVID. And I said, well, nobody's saying it is. What we're saying is this. In 2018, the Chinese lab in, in Wuhan asked for money from our government to insert a specific sequence into the virus. And that sequence is called the furin cleavage site. What turns out, the furin cleavage site makes it very, very infectious and very, very able to infect humans. 
And they wanted to do this, but even our government, which has not been very prudent, actually thought it was too dangerous and they turned it down. That doesn't mean the Chinese didn't do this anyway, because then COVID comes out two years later and we have a pandemic. They look at the sequence and lo and behold, the sequence called furin cleavage site, which is not in natural coronaviruses, is bolder than you can say tomorrow or today. I mean, it's right there on the virus. And the, the, the researchers communicating with Fauci privately are like, oh, my goodness, holy cow. It's got the same sequence they were wanting us to fund in the lab from two years ago. That's strong evidence that they probably went ahead and did it because these scientists were alarmed and said, this doesn't occur in nature. This looks exactly like what they were asking money for to do in 2018. That's why they knew so quickly that it should come from the lab. But then two days later, they're like, hmm, no, no evidence here, nothing to see here. Uh, really, it's, uh, you know, you're, you're just a crazy conspiracy theorist if you bring it up. But that was after we see emails from Fauci and Collins that are saying, we must protect the science. We are the science. We are the gods of science. We must protect the science. And what they're trying to do is they're saying the institution of science, of NIH, in other words, the funding, all the gobs of billions of dollars that transpires between these people could dry up if people doubt their omniscience and doubt their purpose. So they had to cover it up because they were worried about their institutions. And Francis Collins was as complicit as, as Fauci in this. Do you think our funding, you know, if, if this came from the lab, did our funding go to it inevitably? Our funding went to gain-of-function research, similar type of research. Did it actually fund the development of COVID? We'll never know, but money's fungible. It was going to the lab that I think created this, and the thing is, is Fauci lied from the very beginning. At first, he tried to say no money went there, and then when he was caught red-handed that it went through EcoHealth Alliance, then he said, well, yeah, it went there, but it didn't go to gain-of-function because this is technically not gain-of-function, and no one believed him. Many of the scientific critics that have been out there said absolutely he was lying and that it was gain of function, and he tried to weasel out of it and still is. But he's trying to avoid culpability. He's trying to avoid people knowing that he was funding the lab where the virus came from, and he was funding risky and dangerous research. So, yeah, he's going to continue to try, but it's also why he should have no part in any investigation. He has a conflict of interest. For history and posterity, he does not want to be associated with the development of this virus. And so he will do everything possible. He will ruin careers. He will stop your money. He will do whatever it takes to try to make sure the truth doesn't come out. But to me, it's not just his culpability that's important. It's important that we not let this happen again. It's important that we not let another virus escape from a lab, a virus that's been created by man, doesn't exist in nature. And that's why if we win in November, if I'm chairman of a committee, if I have subpoena power, we'll go after every one of his records. Those scientists will all come in. We'll have an investigator go through this piece by piece because we don't need this to happen again. What changes need to happen either at the NIH, in government, with their bureaucrats? What changes need to happen to clean this mess up that we've seen? I think the first step is that all of these positions should be approved by the Senate. Um, I think the next step is that some of these duties should be divided up. I don't think we need to have one guy getting 430000 Look, Fauci gets 430000 His wife gets another two they They're at 700000 as civil servants, just the two of them, and that's without any royalties. I mean, 
He's also in charge of so much. Nobody can criticize him in the scientific community without threatening their livelihood. These researchers that work for the universities, they depend almost entirely on these things. They may have university salaries, but most of them have big grants, and they're just, they're dependent on a lot of their salary from the government. And so it gets to be a monolithic place where, you know, King Fauci's in charge, and it's a circular group of, you know, um, sycophants who basically just suck up to him and, and tell him how great he is. So we, we really, I think, should take his position and divide it into four or five positions um, to know one person has so much power. The government should not have so much power. And we should have seen this, and many of us did see this coming. It came forward at first with climate science, so-called cl- climate science. It's all controlled by government funding. It's all controlled by consensus, you know, which it, most scientists will tell you the idea of consensus is actually antithetical to scientific method and research. But they control all of this, and so you only get one message on climate. There is no doubt there are no skeptics, and no research is funded that goes against the party line. Now we have COVID. It's exactly the same thing. But it's actually really injuring the concept that there are some good things that could come from organized medicine and from government and vaccines. I'm not against the vaccine. I didn't take it only because I've had it. My wife never had it. She took it. Her in-laws took it. We're not against it. I have a sort of a middle-of-the-road position on the vaccine. I think they've gone in excess of not telling us the truth always on it. But I'm also thinking that for people over a certain age, you're better off taking the vaccine than not. That's just where my opinion is. But they're destroying any confidence in government by telling us things that aren't true. By by telling you that your 18-year-old needs three vaccines, that is medical malpractice that increases their risk for myocarditis. It's unacceptable for a non-deadly disease. And I've told the universities, some of them are starting to back away. You can't sue the vaccine manufacturers, but you can sue the university. And I hope no young man dies from this vaccine. But if they do, and they're doing it because of the university, I hope they own Princeton, Yale, and University of Chicago because it's absolutely against all scientific advice to mandate a third vaccine in a young man. I agree wholeheartedly. And Senator, I just want to thank you for being such a fighter for freedom and liberty over the past couple of years. You've been so vocal throughout COVID and also just fighting to try to get to the truth of all of this with Dr. Fauci. I really hope that you are given the opportunity to oversee a committee and get to the bottom of this. So I just want to thank you for everything you've done. And then also just thank you so much for your time, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I want to thank Senator Rand Paul for a great interview and also just for holding Dr. Fauci accountable and trying to get answers on behalf of all of us. I want to thank you guys at home. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review and rate us five stars in Apple Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at, at Lisa Marie Booth. I want to thank our team producer, John Cassio, and executive producer, speaker, New Gingrich, all part of the Gingrich 360 network and team. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.